Right of the century. We are in St. Louis. Careless is out here for our first time. An awesome experience. We actually ran into Zach Goes. What's so good? the infamous you have been blowing up in a lot of positive ways, getting a lot of positive attention and doing Appreciate a lot of that. cool like appearances. I see you doing all the rides. I feel like we have a busy schedule, but then I see you consistently at all the major stuff <laughs> as well. So props. And it's funny because like I there was at a point where I was like, yo, we are getting so much footage and it's not getting out. Like we need to go on less trips. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let's only go on essential ones. And I feel like I'm still traveling every two weeks. <laughs> Dude, it helps to have a media team because that's, that's one of our downfalls. We hit up so many events that the content just builds and then it becomes irrelevant and then we just don't use it. Well, here's it. What I do, like, content doesn't really get irrelevant for me because, like, I, I have one of the bigger channels out there and I'll upload a video and I used to be like, ROC, this 18. And, like, a lot of times I'll upload huge rides and I won't even, like, title the ride that video mm-hmm. and they'll just watch it and it'll be that ride. So Makes sense. I try to. I always try to make this. I try to make a video more than just ride of the century. You watch, maybe you click on it for ride of the century, but then you watch. Oh, these dudes were doing this and that and that, and then it's just like you try to really get an idea of what it was like versus just like a bunch of dudes on the highway. Like, how did you get here? That makes sense. Yeah, you do a good job telling the story. So I didn't think about it from that perspective. I guess when we put out content, people are always like, oh, what ride are you at? What's coming up? So we try to label it specifically. Yeah. But for you, yeah, you are just kind of telling a story of your daily life. It's not specifically just an ROC thing. It's like I've started making YouTube videos and it gave me a ton of opportunities to do dope shit. So now I just kind of – can I curse on this? Oh, for sure. Okay, so I just kind of record whatever I do and then upload it. And then it just kind of gets cooler and cooler. And as it gets cooler, more people watch and then I have more opportunities. And it's – Worked well so far. <laughs> What's the next move? I mean, I feel like you, I, I like kind of even somewhat forgot for a short period of time, you were killing on bicycles as well. So it's not like your single profile with just the dirt bike community. Bicycles was really blew me up. So I started on like dirt bikes kind of around my area. And then I got introduced to like in Philly doing dirt bikes. And that naturally turned into bicycles in Philly. And a lot of my viral videos are a bunch of little asshole kids doing stupid shit. And it's like, I'm not proud of it, but it's the reality. And like, I film the reality of what happens. Yeah. So I like to be, th- I like to one day go to my most viewed videos and see a bunch of, not a bunch of that stuff. But it's what got me here today. It's what brings the eyes in a lot of times. But what's next? So we're getting back from out of the century. I'm really putting this media team together now. Like it looks a lot more official than it is. My buddy, John, shout out to John. Early, uh, do you know what senior week is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made a video of it. We had that at my high school as well. I got like the last week you kind of get to, like, so a lot of people, a lot of people don't know what senior week is because yeah. they just don't do it. But for those listening who don't know what it is, basically, after people graduate high school, like the next week, uh, a lot of the school just goes to like one beach or one street and just parties and has fun, just kind of like buy everybody from high school. And um, I was at my buddy's graduation party, and I wanted to film her for senior week. And I was like, I'll buy a ca- like a nice camera. I just want to film her. I don't want to be worrying about partying and doing this and that and capturing it. So my buddy didn't have any plans for senior week. He never really used a camera. I'm like, well, t- you'll do better than I. Because I, I literally just bought this camera. I didn't know how to use it. It was a Canon 80D. I got like the Rode video mic. Yeah. Basically the Casey Neistat special. I was just going to say the YouTube starter kit. Exactly. <laughs> the Joby Mountain Rode mic. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, just hit record, point the camera. Like, it's a nice camera. It'll get the shot. And of course, he's gotten way better. But uh, it started with him just coming to senior week. He filmed it and it kind of worked out. And then after senior week, he hung around and it wasn't him just filming. It was him like, oh, I need to do this or I need to do that. Like, oh, I need to go pick up the van and drop it off for oil change. He just kind of helped me in general. 
and it kind of worked from there. And I would take him on trips, and then and I always like my end goal was to move out to California. It has been for a while, but I was in high school. It didn't make sense. And I kind of mentioned, yo, you should come out to California with me. And it was always like, ah, like in my dreams kind of thing. And then one day he was like, dude, like his plan was out to go to Utah to snowboard, do college, kind of like no plan, but I'm going to go to Utah and snowboard for four years. And he's like, dude, like I'm having so much fun on these trips. Like I'd rather just come with you and just kind of see where it goes. Cause he's got money in an account to go to college whenever he needs to. So now he's just kind of came along with me. Um, Max got in contact with me cause he was really good with video stuff. He wanted to get involved. He kind of just hopped in some trips, and then my buddy, Jack's little sister, Callie, she has a YouTube channel. She started doing makeup stuff, but she does more vlogger stuff. She look her up, Callie Guerra, great YouTuber, and she just kind of helps me edit, and all of a sudden, I got three people here who are very motivated going towards an end goal, and I'm trying to make it more official, but... All journey. What's the what? What is like the attraction about the California? You definitely seem excited about it, but is it like because you're surrounded by a good network of people? Is it some of that specific so, area you feel? Like- I love where I live now. I live in Westchester. It's a great little town, great little big town. It's like basically the perfect miss. I would I wouldn't change anything. I'm right near Philadelphia, where all the bike life stuff is. But you know, I think about what I do is I make YouTube videos and I ride motorcycles. And in California, at Los Angeles is the huge head for video for everything. And then also, there's a ton of motorcycle riding because you can ride all year round. Oh, yeah. So it's all year round, and it's the media industry. And I always kind of – I went to California, and I was like, I love this. Like, I don't – I just want to be here. Like, there's no reason. Like, there's pros and cons everywhere, but California is calling my name right now. So that's been the angle. I wanted to move right after I graduated, but there's a huge ride every year. It's called Dirt Bike Rail Day in Philadelphia, and I could not miss that. And I wasn't about <laughs> to go all the way to California. Yeah. And all the way back in October for that. So I just stayed until October. And it's given me time to kind of bring everything together. Oh, yeah. And then after that, I'm kind of free to go. So I'll just kind of head out. What city are you trying to go to? So originally, I was just going to go to Los Angeles. Did someone get back? Yo, what's up, Joe? We're doing a podcast. So so be kind of quiet or jump in. You got two choices. No, it's fine. Jump in or be quiet? Yeah, jump in or be quiet. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, it's great, dude. Uh, Joe, Joe Highside walked in. We got freaking Cam changes Instagram. Brian six three six. Brian six three six. What's up? Oh, dude. Oh, that's don't. <laughs> what is it? It's uh definitely some Ryan Century stuff. Oh yeah. Is that what the is that the oh, pedestrian? There was, a van, there was a van full of nuns riding through the fight. What? A van full of nuns. We had Bro, that was a good fight. That was a good fight. Yeah. The same guy. At Shady Jack. Everyone was just saying Everyone was five times. The dude on the ground on that one? Yeah. Ouch. I'm glad I got out. Was he just drinking? Obviously, he just fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're obviously with West Coast Connection. Yeah. I love BK. That's my brother. Oh, yeah. He, well, I mean, he doesn't know who that is. <laughs> he doesn't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of this West Coast stuff is new. Originally, I wanted to... <laughs> kind of back to where we were. Originally, I wanted to do, like, Los Angeles just because that's where everything is. Yeah. And right now, there's some reasons I might want to move to San Diego. Right now, the stars are aligning, but things could change. So I'm not going to say too much, but definitely San Diego or Los Angeles. That just kind of seems where it's going right now. Hell yeah. You've obviously been out there a lot in the past. I've been to Los Angeles a few times, and then I've, like visited San Diego when I was in Los Angeles a few times, like just kind of once in a while. We had a senior skip day. It was like we had off Monday and or we were skipping Monday and Friday. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Wednesday and I just booked a flight to Los Angeles and I brought two of my friends and like 
I knew Motorbro, well, Motorbro, aka Lars, and then yeah. we just kind of stayed in his studio apartment one day, and then we stayed with Joey. Joey55, five five, he's in San Diego. We stayed with him. And then the last day we came back to Los Angeles and stayed with Danny Duncan. So I just kind of like last minute like planning just works out. It's cool with the power of social media when you can connect with people like that you it's don't insane. even know. Yeah, it's like I never met this person ever, but I just have a crib to crash. Like you said, in Texas anytime. Like yeah. it's insane. Whoa. It's honestly, I mean, like it's it's crazy because I I really think about like what are we not taking advantage of that we could really be doing to kind of maximize our career like in reference to us working together just you know random stuff cause yeah it's with you know Instagram and YouTube you have a direct way to kind of contact these people you didn't have in the past and mm-hmm. with the other you know you hit a direct message you can obviously see your credible channel it's like a direct key right there exactly. To that. Who's some of the people you've kind of enjoyed working with in the past? Because you just that last up with Dirt Bike Cody. Yeah, so Dirt Bike Cody is, I hit him up way early on. Back when he, he had a Jigster 750 that he absolutely destroyed, like, not destroyed, like he destroyed, like he yeah. was crazy good on that. He, he rode a Jigster 750 and he also rode a CRF 70 that he still rides to this day. And he does like, the most insane things on a CRF 70. A lot of people put handbrakes on it, but his is pretty much stock except for like bars and pegs. And he absolutely like destroys that thing. And at that time, my channel was all about pit bike adventures. Mm-hmm. So I found this dude that I thought was in my town. I DM'd him and was like, hey, let's shoot a video. And it never really happened, but uh, we stayed in contact. And I was like, oh, you want to ride Sunday? And he was like, actually, I'm buying a Supermoto. And then he sent me a picture of his first KTM. And I was like, one of the first people to know his new bike. And he became a legend on that thing, got a brand new one, like like literally out, he went to the KTM shop, said I want this, this, and this, got everything he wanted, came back out, and you see him ride, like yeah. there's no one who rides like him. On that kind of bike, no handbrake, he kills it. How long did you really start your YouTube channel, like kind of funneling time into this type of editing process? So I started YouTube like when I was like seven years old. I have like tech reviews and stuff like that, no like way. way early stuff, like unboxing Beast by Dre headphones five years Same ago. Same channel? Different channel. What's the name of that channel? It's right now you can find it, Zach Attack Videos. Zach Attack Videos. Yeah, so that's, awesome. there's some good content on there. Some great hot, <laughs> It's It's a it's, good tech review. It's hilarious to look back on for me. Zach Attack, at least you're proud of it. Yeah, no. they like all major YouTube guys that like normally they look back at their beginning stuff like don't. Like Philip DeFranco, he oh, yeah. like, he'll very openly be like, I hate my original content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think just a lot of the bigger tiers, like they change so much oh. as they, they get to like, what's up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, but um, I had my first channel ever was called ZA Brothers, and uh-huh. I, my name is Zach, uh-huh. and my older sibling's name is Aaron, so that was just kind of our channel, it made sense, and I, I figured what happened, like, there was a huge falling out, we deleted the channel, and then I created Zach Attack <laughs> How shitty does he feel now? No, not at all, because it was like, it was, we were like I'm just six. joking, just because yeah. how far you've taken it, I think it's, it's awesome. Now that I had the Zack Attack videos where I had like kind of serious but never really serious yeah. and then I got into gaming YouTubing. I have a YouTube channel called Zinja, Z-I-N-J-A-Z. I think that got up to like 300 subscribers and that's when I really learned to upload consistently, edit videos. Like it was nothing special but I was looking up to, uh, if you ever heard the crew in the gaming, it was basically a group of friends who just play video games together and they all have like decent sized YouTube channels. So that's what they do and that was my inspiration and one of them said in a video was like, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like as far as gaming wise, like I didn't do anything special. I just started the earliest. And now like as YouTube, like as gaming starts up, you know, now we have a guy who has 50 million subscribers in gaming. There's 50 million people that want to be gamer YouTuber. So the market is absolutely flooded. Yeah. And so my, my gaming channel wasn't doing that well. And this guy said, listen, like basically 
good luck, but don't start a gaming like channel. I was like, damn, bro, like whatever. I just kind of kept doing my thing, kept my options open. And then I found Do It With Dan. This is back when he had maybe 1,500 subscribers, maybe not even. Like, he was on his blue, I think it was a blue CBR 600 F4I, just doing wheelies, going like 100 miles an hour, like crazy shit, going to college, going to the gym, and like, I'm 13, 14, like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And that's how I found the motovlogging community. Then I found Jake the Garden Snake. I think he was at around 120K. He was like the top tier at that time. And I was thinking like, okay, well, you know, the biggest gamer YouTuber has like 50 million. The biggest motovlogger has like 100,000. That's obviously a huge opportunity, you know, if you do it right. And I had kind of learned what not to do with my previous channels. So when I hopped on the Zach Goes channel, it was like I never rode a dirt bike before. But I always wanted to ride a dirt bike. My parents would never let me. And my mom told me at a young age, if you can pay for it, you can buy it, except for drugs. So I bought a dirt bike, and then I didn't really, I think I asked, like, they knew it was good coming, but it wasn't like, oh, you can have a dirt bike, I kind of just bought one. And um, <laughs> You were that type of child. I, it was like, like, mom, it was like okay, I understand, like, you're not going to drive me to buy a dirt bike, but if it just shows up in the garage, you're not going to kick me out, like, I'm 14, or I was 15 at that time, I believe. Yeah. So February 1st, I uploaded my first video, February 1st, 2015. And I just kind of like ever since then it was like a constant grind, upload consistently, progress my craft, and then like better channel, more money, better bikes. And by the time like, because I used to ride a TTR 125 around my streets, just like no, it, I didn't care. I was absolutely, I was careless. I didn't, <laughs> well, I didn't care at all. And I was just, I would just ride around. And by the time the cops figured out who I was, where I lived, I had a street legal bike, so I could go wherever I needed to do to do what I do. How does it feel like, I mean, you, you mentioned starting off and some of the iconic guys that are still huge players in the game. How does it feel to kind of surpass some of the people you originally looked up to as far as like inspiration? Like that's got to be huge. It's, <laughs> it is. <laughs> it kind of blows my mind sometimes. It's just kind of, because I looked at where, like, because I remember when I had zero subscribers on the Zacco's channel, I would looked up and if I would have looked where I am now, I would have like, dude, you absolutely made it. You did it. And like, I absolutely feel like, I feel absolutely blessed. Like I do what I love doing for a living. And like, I do what I do for a li- what I, I do what I love to do for a living. And of course I'm not ever satisfied, but like I had huge dreams and aspirations at zero subscribers. And now at, I think I'm at 880. I still have huge dreams and aspirations. As of 881. As of <laughs> yeah. So I'm just kind of feel like I'm, it's crazy, but like I always like have bigger goals. Like I feel like if I at least am I trying to go to Mars, if I land at the moon, I'm still chilling. Like, yeah. I'm at the fucking moon. Well, that's a great way. And that's I think it's almost the downfall of being like an entrepreneur, business mind. It's like you're always hustling and you always you lack almost that self gratification. Like taking a step back and like, damn, I fucking killed it. Well, here's the thing. I like I, for a while like that wasn't really part of my life, but like even today, like after I allegedly crashed on the highway, like I was literally under my bike going at least like 45 miles an hour to play it safe. Like afterwards it sucked. I was really and it sucked and I was at the gas station and I have all this road rash. I'm in like horrible pain. I'm like, dude, this absolutely sucks. I know a ton of people that would just be like, oh, I need to get in the truck now. And I'm like, just sitting here. I'm like, you know what? Like my life isn't that bad. If the worst thing that happens is I have this throbbing pain in my arm while I'm in St. Louis doing wheelies with all these amazing people, like. How could I be, if this is the worst it's gonna be, how could I be mad? Like I almost, and after that, like all the pain that was bad became all this pain that was good. And it was like the craziest drug you could ever imagine of just out here, back here doing wheelies, you know, swinging my hand, just, I just love it. Being free. Exactly, like I just appreciate life, like the simplest things. Like I check into an Airbnb, I look around, I'm like this place is dope. And like, like 
it's not like this wasn't the most expensive Airbnb, but it's dope. And I look around and like I'm like I enjoy myself. Like just sitting here and appreciating this, it's like that's my gratification. Your like, content provided that. I mean, the videos you put out exactly that whole opportunity. And then like everything just keeps leveling up, and I appreciate it. Like I appreciate I appreciate so little that when I get all this, it's just hard to like not want to just grind and edit videos and get shit out. Even though I don't upload as much as I want to, it's because. When I upload a video, I want anybody who doesn't even know what a dirt bike is to be able to watch it and follow the storyline versus just upload like a strictly, not strictly motovlog, but more of a raw content where it's like, oh man, my shifter's acting up. Like to Brighter, it's like, oh, shifter's acting up. That sucks. Someone who doesn't ride, they're like, oh, there's a shifter. What, what is that? And then they're just confused and lost and then they click away. That is one thing I got to say. I'm going to try. <clears throat> it probably won't work, but I'm just curious. I'm going to try one camera angle on this so not to be random. I don't know if that even worked. But um, that's one thing I really do appreciate about your style of content is you have, like, such a diverse... Um, keep talking, keep talking. Uh, just, like... I don't even know, like... Diverse way of entertaining people. Uh -huh. I think it's going to really progress and you continuing to get a bigger following. That's the plan. Or that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, because, I mean, like, I really... I think it's hard to find someone, like, that's a moto vlogger and potentially is... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Entertaining to like females and a younger demographic, and yeah. even to myself. I mean, I'm 26, and I don't. Without specifically calling out one, you on YouTube or something like that. <laughs> I think um, my bad. I was making sure that frame was okay. No, I just, last minute idea. Thing. Um, but like, I look at some of them. It's like this is good content, but only good for the younger generation. Like okay. some of the guys that are super, super just kind of childish. It makes it harder for some of the older demographic to enjoy. But I still feel like you just pursuing and acting like your normal self. It, it's like entertaining to the younger demographic, to people younger than you, yeah, your sure. age, and to people above you, which is pretty rare. It's well, the way I do it is I just kind of try to tell my story of what my life how it is now and it's like kids who are younger can look up and be like yo this kid's doing like wheelies and hang out with these girls like this yeah. is crazy this is where I want to be people my age are usually in college and they're like or they're doing whatever but they look like dude that's fresh like fuck college I don't want to be here and then people who are older a lot of what my high school stuff was they would look back and be like dude like I remember I had this one video it was like me I um for my first like four year my first year and a half of high school I went to Henderson High School it was like my local high school elementary middle that's the high school I went to Halfway through sophomore year, I just kind of ditched it and went to a tech school so I'd have less homework and I'd be able to work on YouTube more. And I came back probably a year after I'd gone to Henderson High School. I went to a football game. at It was them versus Shanahan. My buddy went to Shanahan. And I showed up with my helmet on and my GoPro. And I hadn't talked to a lot of these kids in high school before. And my, my views had kind of gone up a lot, a little bit. My views had gone up a little bit, so I showed up, and everyone was like, Zachos, Zachos. What so was your subscriber count like at that time, if you remember? Oh, uh, probably like at least a hundred thousand or so. Oh, yes, that's. I mean, so that, that like point, it's, yeah. at that point, it's yeah. like, damn, this kid's notable. He's really doing you it. You got like, your first YouTube button. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, people were obviously like, people were like, this is like kind of crazy. Like yeah. some random kid in high school is just doing this. So I showed up, and everyone was hype on it. And I, I forget what happened in that video. We showed up. I like went up, it was like, oh my god, that goes. Then I went to like the other section and this school had no idea who it was, maybe one or two kids. I went up and like started playing drums and then like this dude was like trying to kick me out because I was a freshman, he didn't know who I was. And uh, B-Rad Moto commented like, this was oddly entertaining. Like, cause people look back like, oh, that I remember football games at high school, but no one filmed it. And now yeah. it's like, people can like resonate, resonate with that. For sure. Whether to look up to it or like, oh, I remember those good old days. Yeah, it, it's some sort of like sentimental, like, kick. I exactly. guess, emotional, jawstring. Yeah. No, that's pretty awesome, man. 
So, uh, would you ever consider doing like different style of videos? Like, would you ever do look into gaming or something like that? Since that's really blowing up, like a lot of the guys are doing build series and I things like that. So, what I have found the best way to film, I remember when I used to just do motor vlogs where it was strictly a GoPro here and a microphone. That was just like. It was just kind of like, all right, what story am I going to tell next? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, what story am I going to tell? What am I going to talk about? And then I'm going to do wheelies. And that was going to be it. And then I got really good at wheelies. So I did wheelies for a long time. And wheelies kind of get... If you just do a wheelie for 10 minutes, no one's going to watch that. Like, unless you're a diehard, like, trying to learn how to wheelie and you can look at technical things to get better, no one wants to watch a 10-minute wheelie. So once my wheelies got better, well, not that I could wheelie for t 10 minutes, but once they got better, it was like, all right, I need to cut wheelies out more. And then I got a, a vlog camera, and it just kind of naturally, like, I would film people riding while riding, which at the time was, like, not revolutionary, but not many people were doing wheelies, vlogging, and then pulling a camera out, vlogging, filming other people, <laughs> and just, like, the different camera angles, yeah. like, not many people had done it, if any, in my industry, in the motor vlogging. So people were able to see that. And I just kind of, I just fill my life. Like, I live my life. I do what I want to do. I do how I want to do it. And I enjoy it. And I just kind of film it. And that's the story I'm telling now. So right now, it's at the point of, like, I, want, I could film every day. Not every day, all day, but a ton. But I just don't because I would not be – my team is not able to handle that much footage and put it out. Like I'm way backed up on footage probably at least three months right now. So right now it's it's mostly like I have all this footage and I only take the very, very best parts and that's what actually gets put out. So for as far as like what videos I need to do next, it's more like I made ten videos. I only upload three. Which ones do I choose from? And I know my entire YouTube career, it isn't always going to be, oh, I have all this footage. It's amazing. I need to get it out. But as of now, I'm glad that's where it at, where I can just pick and choose what to upload. And eventually, definitely down the line, like I filmed a, a build, uh, top end rebuild on my YZ 125. I did a build series on it. Like I filmed it, but I haven't uploaded it because I've had, oh, well, I have to upload SVK, then I have to upload ROC, then Miami. And it's like videos, like I had this crazy video of us in New York City, or it might have been Philly. It was one of them. It was a thousand kids on bicycles just riding crazy like there was one kid who went on this entire ride and he only had a rear wheel on his bicycle like he was that good at wheelies where he could like he would run with his bicycle sometimes but he could wheelie most of it and be fine like insane footage yeah. that I just never got around to it was just sitting on a hard drive somewhere that's nuts we're like yeah that, it, it, def it definitely helps to have a good team but like with footage like that it's almost like you gotta put that type of shit out well here's so the thing I almost think that if one day knock on whatever the fuck this is I get I'm in a horrible accident or like for whatever reason I can't upload videos I don't know what can happen things happen you can't do things that you could normally do I have like a ton of archive footage where I even have a team that could go and upload videos for at least six months when I'm not here and it would not that I would appear that there obviously it would be people would know that I'm not there and this is old footage but it's almost like my channel's doing well it could be doing better if I was uploading more but it's almost a nice fallback that worst case scenario if something happened, my channel could still like live on for a little bit. No, that's, that's honest. I mean, that's thinking like a real artist. Like, I mean, look at all these artists that pass away. You hear like after they're gone, like, oh, they had ten albums they never released, or yeah. And that's how you stay successful and stay relevant. I mean, you have a good structure and a good plan. Who do you seek for like inspiration? So a lot of I look at a lot of different people for inspiration. So I looked at earlier when I was coming up, it was like Jake the Garden Snake, Do with Dan. Those were two huge things. Like the reason I even started motive vlogging. If it wasn't for them, I don't know if I <coughs> I don't know if I would have found motive vlogging. Excuse me, I don't know where it would have gone. But as of now, I look up to people that are really killing it. Even as controversial as they're as controversial 
contra- I can't speak. As they it's are. It's been a long day, yeah, everybody. <laughs> it's been a long day. The Paul brothers are yeah. definitely, they're doing something right. Because they are super relevant and they're doing a lot of stuff. And I don't agree with a lot of stuff they're doing. But I'm looking at what they're doing and how they're doing it and which ways they're moving. So they they definitely have, like, I try to, like, analyze a lot of things. So the Paul brothers, I look at a lot. Gary Vanderchuk, huge inspiration. I like it's gotten to the point where I started listening to him. I'm like, yo, that's probably good. I should apply that. And also Patrick Bet David. Are you unfortunately not Patrick Bet David? But definitely Patrick Bet David. He's in Houston too, or he's in Dallas. He's in he's in Texas. He's like I'm sleeping on opportunity. He's he's a he's like a billionaire. Literally, at least I think he's a billionaire entrepreneur. He has like the biggest life insurance thing, and he basically uploads free videos of how I did what I did, like the correct mindset, what you should be doing. And it's gotten to the point where, like, I'll watch Gary Vaynerchuk, I'll watch Patrick Bet David, and they'll be saying, "You got to do this," and I'm just watching this. Like, I've been watching you guys for years. Like, I, if someone would ask me about this topic, I would have said the same thing. So I know I'm going in the right direction as far as that route, but of course, I'm always absorbing that content, trying to keep it in my brain, try to continue. As far as YouTubers, I watch on a regular basis. I watch Adam LZ, and his like his like strategy to YouTube is like similar to me in the way that he does a lot of drifting, traveling around with friends, but he does it on a G7X, I have that, but I it's not my main vlog camera, but when I'm vlogging by myself, it is, and he will just do a vlog of his day, do just kind of rough cut it and put it out that day. And I'm more of like, I'd rather have a filmer make it more official and not upload as much. It's like two different strategies, but it's, it's weird for me to be able to watch his content and be entertained all the time, and I think, one of the reasons of that is because it's so raw and it's every day. You get to know him as a person, and normally, if you were to show someone who about the someone you're watching motovlog with a shift, and people don't understand that, like, oh, well, I don't get the shifter. If you can get an amount of people that do understand what shifting is, you know, like for example, watching Adam LZ and be like, oh, well, I know his family, I know his wife, I know his friends, and you kind of fill in. I'm sorry, I'm like rambling. No, it's the, like paints the picture. I tell you. No, I got you. Like I'm like I try to make a video so that anybody can watch it and understand it. But his is like you can watch a video, and because you watch him so much, you can put all the different elements into it, and it like is more. It's worth more to you than it would be if you didn't. And I think the best way to describe that is when anybody watches shows anybody a video. Oh, here's my daughter. You know, at this orchestra recital, and the person will tell you about what's happening because like the video doesn't capture all of that. My goal as a YouTuber is to capture everything that I would want to tell somebody while showing them a video. And not having to explain it. Exactly. So like, oh, here's this video of me crashing. I tried to do a no hand and then I came down, wobbled and I was under my bike because you can't really tell. If I can have a YouTube video where they just see everything that happens, that's the goal. That's awesome. I really, I I mentioned earlier when we're at the lot, like you do a phenomenal job. Even with like your partners and stuff like that, you really plug it well and you do it organically. That's why I've even, for some of my guys... I try to take advice on it because it's like you don't just do a video and then you're like, oh, advertisement, 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 paid ad here. Mm-hmm. It's like you make it fun or you make it like yeah. almost enjoyable to even watch that content while you're still. Well, that's the in. whole thing, dude. If you if somebody watches my videos and feels the need to subscribe to my channel, yeah, and you know I have all these subscribers now, people want to do paid content, like you like my videos and you you can watch my videos. You don't have to. It's free. Excuse me, it's free. You don't have to pay for it. For me to just be like, all right, let me just put an ad that nobody's going to watch in front. I think that's almost like, what the fuck? Like, dude, like, I fucked with you. And because of me, 
I, you're up there, yeah. and now you're just gonna hit me with this. So like, I do do paid like advertisements. I am sponsored by Havoc Racing, and but it's it's natural. Like whenever whenever I get an ad, it's like, all right, well, how can I make this? So like, you're watching this, and you know it's an ad. You're know you know it's an ad. If you're interested in the product, you go do it. But at the same time, if it's not, you can still watch it and be like, oh, okay, that was cool. That totally makes sense, man. And that's like, why that's why Havoc works so well because. They, they were a goggle company. I was like, all right, I wear goggles. This makes sense. They sent them to me. And Havoc, it just, it's a good name. Like, Careless, yeah. it's a good name. How many times has Careless come into conversation with you today? Probably at least three times once oh, on the it's podcast. Quick, it's easy, yeah. Exactly. So, we, the first time I did anything with Havoc was at a, uh, was in the Atlanta rideout when one of those, that was like three months ago, one of the videos up, one of them still being edited. Example of like me just not uploading. <laughs> anyway, it just kind of works. Oh, Havoc House. And then at the Havoc House, I accidentally broke a light fixture. We had a water balloon fight in the basement. I got a surprise graduation party, and I, like, slammed the fuck out of this piñata. And, dude, it was literally havoc. And that's why, like, that brand just works so well with me, because my life is havoc. It just, like, it it made the videos better to be sponsored by Havoc, because we put such an emphasis on it. And you can watch the video and be like, oh, he's sponsored by Havoc. And obviously he wants me to buy these, but it's just so funny that I'm sponsored by Havoc and the entire house. Like, I think we paid like a $600 bill after fucking up that Airbnb, but it was so worth it. Well, at the same time, it makes it like when the person's wearing their Havoc shades, like, no, this is, this is that goes, like this product goes. But when yeah. you see like some of those streamers or some of the big guys, they'll plug products like, you don't use that. Like, yeah. that's so not you. Well, I mean, I've, I'm completely transparent. I've done like two app like things and like yeah. I played the game, but like I will not play that game again probably unless they pay me to promote it again. Sure. But it's like, I feel like at that point, as long as I make the advertisement easy to watch and someone feel entertained, it doesn't matter if I play the game because in my head it's like I have a ton of people watching and they want to be entertained. So if I can have a ton of people watch an advertisement and be entertained and then have a choice to wa- to play the app or not, as long as like someone's watching and it's like, oh, I'll play the app. Like I feel like I'm giving someone an option to play the app. I'm not saying I play this app all the time. Like they might in the specific writing, they might tell you you have to say this, mm-hmm. and it's kind of part of it. And that's where like the gray area is. But if it was really a gray area, I wouldn't be saying it on this podcast for everybody. No, that makes too. sense. And honestly, that's got to be hard, you know, being younger because everybody's trying to, you know, jump on the what you've built. And, you know, try. Well, and- here's the thing, dude. I feel like it's funny because I'll get some like. Some like emails like, hey, like we want to do an ad and they're talking serious money. And then I'll get some like, hey, like if you review this like flashlight, I'll give it to you for free. Like all you got to do is like promote it on your YouTube channel for a minute and a half and put me in the top of the description. It's like, like people pay real money for that and they think, oh, you get this $20 flashlight, bro. Like it's a deal. Like you get a free flashlight. And it's funny like how people take you seriously and how they don't. Cause like you're making it sound like it's almost like, oh, people are like, oh, it's all great. But like, not every, I don't get hit up for advertisements every day. Like, when I get it and it works out, it's dope, but I assume it's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Is there, um, anything, like, big rides coming up you have before the end of the year before you move out to Cali? I know you mentioned you got the ride, I believe, in October. Yeah, Rel Day, that's the biggest. So, go and I got a, a little bit. Dirt Bike Rel, he was the biggest, basically, like, the, Le, the LeBron James of bike life. In his time, you're at a YZ125, like, very big, impactful, I'm on a YZ125, and he got shot and killed, and this was before I was into bike life, but Mr. Business made a video, you know, a tribute to his life, and I watched it, and it was my first real exposure to bike life, and I was like, wow, like, this is real, like, like, this is, like, it's not just a bunch of dudes riding dirt bikes, like, these guys are brothers, like, it's, uh, like, riding dirt bikes on the street, it's illegal, but, you know, back in the day, skateboarding on the street, that was considered vandalizing. 
what did the cities do? They went and built a bunch of skate parks where we could do it legally and safely. They can control it. I feel like it's the same thing with bike life, except we just kind of ride on the streets. And we're waiting for like a park situation. So where was I going with that? Oh yeah, so dirt bike rail day. That's like all going for a full circle. It's the biggest ride. I gotta go there. And then I, my first dirt bike rail day ride. It's the first time I met Mr. Business, like my idol watching, and like <laughs> I saw fucking OG, he's yeah. OG as fuck. Yeah. Like, like, oh, that's the guy. Like, he made those videos. He was with Rel and all that. Yeah. And like, I saw him in traffic, and I'm like, I'm gonna do a wheelie, and then I crashed. Cause it's funny, like I like hyped up Rel Day when it crashed, yeah. and then I hyped up ROC, and I crashed. And, like it's just that's my thing now. I really hope it isn't. You can bounce back though. It's all it's all doable. It's here's the thing, dude. If it, I was the only person crashing, it makes sense. But dude, there was like three worst crashes on that ride. Yeah. If you're in this game for this long, progressing at this level, like you're gonna crash. Seems like you really have a really good head on your shoulders as far as like moving forward and growth. And I mean, it's as if something's in my control, I'm gonna control it for my best benefit. But there's tons of things where it's like, for example, if this Airbnb sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all right. Well, this sucks. Like I can't. I'm here now. I can't control, people worry too much about things they can't control. So for example, if I even said this when I was riding today, I don't know if my mic picked it up because it messed up when I crashed. But anyway, like imagine you're on the highway and all of a sudden a bunch of riders come off this on-ramp and you're stuck there and you can't move. You know, uh, I feel like it's not the most uncommon thing in the world for someone to be like, what the fuck, this ruined my day, I got this meeting, I got a beat, blah, 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 blah. But I'd be sitting there, well first off I'd be like, those videos are sick, fuck yeah, I wish I was out there. But even if I wasn't a bike life junkie, I would still be sitting there like, damn, like, this sucks, and like, I really would like to get where I'm going, but it was completely random that this happened. I have no control over this, so like, why am I gonna worry about it? If I spend my entire life worrying about stuff I can't control, like, what even is my life? It's like, that's pretty cool. Did you kind of get that from your parents, I guess, just growing up? No, my parents were like, well, my parents are like a huge wild car, weird situation. Like, <laughs> nothing crazy, but like at the same time, like some crazy stuff. I was like raised by the internet. Like, I just followed the right people. Like, Patrick Beck David, Gary Vanderchuk, like just yeah. good influences. Like, you can learn so much. Like, kids, read books. Like, you don't realize how much knowledge is actually in books. Like, you could be a millionaire if you read 10 books, like the 10 right books, you could figure out how to make it millions. Yeah. But how many people do you know who are going to sit down and read 10 books over the course of a few months? I think also people are just numb. Like they don't pay attention. They're just like on mute almost. Like you look at these creators and you look at these entrepreneurs and you you do it to try and take in content, try and learn, to try and better yourself or better your program. I think people just kind of take it in. It's like they don't don't aspire to like pick up anything different from it or try and really... I'm a YouTube kid. I grew up on YouTube. Like, I remember when Fred hit a million subscribers on YouTube, and that was the first channel that ever hit a million subscribers. And I've been addicted to – I could say I've been addicted to YouTube for a long time, and I've just naturally kind of watched channels blow up and keep going, and then some that blow up and die off, and some that, like, won't ever blow up, or some that will blow up and go down. And just, like, every situation of, like, someone going in different styles and how they worked out and they didn't work out and I just take that in and then that's how I progress my channel forward is like alright well that guy did that that and that but this guy did this this and this so if I do that and this then I get there and like trial and error yeah. exactly so it's uh, like are you gonna do any more road trips I feel like you've been doing a lot dude with my life is a there. road trip <laughs> <laughs> not a bad way to fucking live <laughs> so I lived what's a good it gets taxing after a while so I went on a two week road trip this was like pretty fresh out of Senior week, like, we kind of had nothing to do. Summer ahead of us, me and my buddy John, we went from Pennsylvania to Cormont, Minnesota, which is about three hours west of Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. to meet up with the Sea Boys. We hung out with them for a week. 
It was super dope. Then on the way back, we hit the X Games. Then we hit Chicago, and that's where I really got to know Brian, who's sitting on the couch over there, I think. We hit Chicago, and then I hit Columbus, oh, not Columbus, Ohio. I hit Lansing, Michigan to do a podcast with Packy. I hit, we stopped at John's cousin's aunt's, someone's farm, and they had, like, this, like, literally, like, a thousand feet of just open grass, and they let me ride my dirt bike there and just do wheelies. Like, it was literally, like... A complete flat grass field forever, and I couldn't like I could wheelie the whole thing, but I couldn't get seasy the whole thing because it's yeah. hard to wheel on grass. And that was like a super cool trip. And there was like a recently a hard drive issue, and I might have lost all that footage, which is just absolutely great. But it doesn't matter because I wouldn't have uploaded it anytime soon anyway. But uh, when I move out to California, I'm definitely going to do a similar road trip of going to the coolest spots I stayed at. So I'll definitely see Brian or I'll definitely see. Did I say Derek before? <laughs> Did I? I? I call him Derek sometimes. I fuck up. Anyway, I'm definitely going to see Brian <laughs> Chicago. I might see Packy when I come yeah. by Lansing, Michigan. I'll definitely see the Sea Boys in Cormont. And it's just, so I'm definitely going to do that. And then when I go to Miami, I'll make that a road trip. I might stop in Texas. Texas yeah. It's not yeah. even like, I'm like, all right, let me go on this road trip. It's like, all right, well, I have to go here. And what's in between? Like, what can I fill in the gaps? And then it turns into, oh, right, well, this will be like a week and a half. And we just kind of vibe out on the road. Do you know who Photogrammer is by chance? Photogrammer. I don't. He's got like 250,000. He, from my understanding, so. YouTuber? Part, yeah. Pardon me okay. if I'm wrong. 250,000. Yeah. Um, him and Wally or Wallstar, his buddy, they got Walter two groms. Yeah, no, no, Wallstar because he's smaller than okay. Photogrammer. They got two groms for free. They flew from Florida to California and made a thirty day trip driving the two groms. So sick, dude. And you should. I mean, it was a lot of content. I think it's thirty thirty days, but they flew from Florida and like started the videos with the groms in California sand on the beach, and then documented like each each day. He probably made like twenty stops or something like that. Uh-huh. Did twenty different rides, a ride in every city, and then he made like a video of it. And they got the groms for free. He had a lot of cool partners on board. I strongly could see you doing something similar and doing uh-huh. a phenomenal. If I could do that on like a YZ125 and I have to like change the top end on the side of the road. Watch it. Watch his videos. And it's just cool because it it forced them into a lot of opportunities that were maybe entertaining to the consumer. uh But also from a creative standpoint, they kind of had to like just deal with the cars. And like they got to an Airbnb and the Airbnb code was wrong. So now they're in this weird town in the middle of the night and like they're not in the Airbnb and they need to park their bikes inside. It's like it just – it really – it's from a content perspective it kept it it kept mm-hmm. it entertaining and That's they did cool. a phenomenal job on it and I can see you doing some seriously you have bigger numbers so you could potentially from a business side do something on a different scale I could do something and I look at that and I'm like that's super cool and I'm definitely going to check that out after this but I even look at it alright do I really want to spend 30 days on a problem going across the country like I try to film yeah. what I enjoy and will I enjoy, I mean maybe I will maybe I'll start it and then halfway through say fuck this and fly home <laughs> but like no I'm just saying like yeah. I try to make my content so authentic and so real that you feel like you know me and it's not like I'm faking anything like I can't get exposed if I put it all out there you yeah. know what I mean that makes sense I don't know I just I see that formula and I feel like what you're doing you could really it's hard to find it's hard to find people who are going to give you two free grams, especially yeah. if you're not like Especially if you're not just like fucking Mark Wahlberg and just like can make shit happen. Like YouTube is still on the up and coming, I think, and like creators are undervalued currently. So to get those kind of opportunities where reality, it would work out for all parties involved, but not all parties are willing for it. But really all you need is one rich dude to just snap his fingers and everything just progresses so much. And then that dude, you make him richer because 
you put you in places to promote things. I don't know. No, it makes sense. I don't know. I just said silly. It's like, what if you got like Chevy as a partner and you got a free cargo van? Oh, go dude, pick it fuck up. yeah, dude. Like I, something that, like that. It, was just, it doesn't have to be the Grom example. It's no, just like that would be it's super absolutely awesome, dude. My my dream setup is a Sprinter van uh-huh. with a um like a Mercedes Sprinter van, dual wheel, yeah. big boy, and then a toy hauler behind it, like an RV. Do you know who Cletus McFarland is? I that from thirteen twenty. Does he do? What does he do? Do uh, he works for cars 13, and stuff? Yeah, drag cars and stuff. Yeah, He's got yeah the Corvette that's like super stuff. wild. Does he? Do, is he in PA? Ah, uh, no, he is. There was like a speed race thing in PA. Oh, probably. He street speed all someone. He does all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in Florida. I'm almost yeah. I'm ninety percent sure he's in Florida. But yeah. he's got like a fucking huge RV, like brand yeah. new. He's got the dual car hauler. I, I actually dual, saw that video. It's got the the car lift in it, so he can bring like two full drag cars. Like it's nice. I know when I saw his set, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like because like what I doing it. what I need to leave realistically, I need a place to sleep, a place to put a laptop, and a place for my bike. But in like best case scenario, I want like a studio, yeah, a place for my bike, a place to chill, hang out, and like how like I was almost to the level like how cool would it be to get off ROC, jump on a laptop, like oh here's the SD cards for my editing team, go out film more, and then you wake oh, up content. and Zach goes uploaded, and it's like. You wake up the next day from ROC, oh, this crazy shit happened, everyone's gonna want to click that first video. And then just to have that out is, like, this is like a completely different topic, but like, the first ROC video will get, like, a lot of views and buzz, but like, it's a level of like, alright, well I want to take my time editing this versus I just want it out now. And I'm almost, every time I've done it, it's been, alright, I'll take my time, upload it then. Just because I think that my video will be somewhere so much more unique than the others, and people want to see my perspective, and they don't care if they've seen every other. Well, video. that's what you take pride in telling a story, and I think that goes a lot with it. You can't really force a video out that quick and do that quick yeah. turnaround. And I mean, if I out. if I could like put like obviously I could put more things in place to make videos go off faster. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how to do that and put it the pieces together in a way that's really going to work. No, that makes sense, dude. Makes me want to kind of come out there and try and check out the. You said you're in Philadelphia. I'm uh, I'm like. 20-ish miles out of Westchester. That's awesome. Yeah, we need to make another trip to the East Coast, but by the time we'll be out there, you'll probably, hopefully, be out in Long Beach. Yeah, hopefully. Long, I was at Long Beach, but L.A. L.A. San, I think it's going to be, right now, it looks like it's going to be San Diego, but yeah. things are still up in there. That's too cool, man. And then do you have, you have ZachGoes.com, obviously? Yeah. So everybody check out ZachGoes.com. If you don't have them on YouTube already, you are slipping up tremendously. YouTube, by far, Instagram. by far, one of the biggest YouTubers to look out for right now, especially in the automotive community. So yeah. Appreciate that. YouTube, Crazy. Instagram, those are the ones that matter, right? Is there anything else? Uh, yeah. YouTube, Instagram. Instagram. SoundCloud, are you not going to be a rapper or anything? Dude, actually, <laughs> Loki, you want to get into that? Dude, I opened that door, brother. All right, so my buddy, the Paul brothers, they fucking No, really? Out. Well, here's the thing. They did, they did it. That's a perfect example. The Paul brothers did it as like a complete like they probably have ghost riders. They, I, I don't know for sure, oh, but yeah. they probably have ghost riders and good. Pro- so you got the money, it'd be silly not to. Exactly. So at that point, like they're just they literally. I think Logan or Jake Paul had literally had a song about selling merch. Yeah. Like literally buy that merch. And like from that. a marketing yeah. standpoint, it's genius. You have all the money in the thing. You might as well make a song. You're making money on and your they advertisement to make more money. Think about that. That's fucking genius is my point. <laughs> but it's slimy and they're selling to kids and it's like, I can't agree with everything they're doing. But sure. at the same time, my buddy, so something that kind of like came from the side of YouTube is like, I always need songs to use in videos and copyright free songs more specifically. And for a rapper to have like an up and coming rapper, for me to use their music in my videos is like huge for them. So I'll constantly be like looking for new rappers. Like I think Ryan Caraveo's let me use his music. Packy raps or not? His Instagram's Packy raps. His name's Packy. Mm-hmm. 
Hacky has let me use his music, and then he has uh, he's a record label, The Spectators. I've used a bunch of their music, and then recently, Kid Jazz is someone I met through. One Way Corey, which is like one of the OG bike life young kids from Philly. Like yeah. like Meek Mill, like Lil Uzi Vert, fuck with that kid. Yeah. Like DMing him. It's, it blows my mind. The Jazz guy, is he from Florida? Kid Jazz, no, he's from Philly. Oh, okay. He's North Philly. Okay. And he, One Way Corey posted him up, and I was like, oh shit, I DM'd him. And like, he was like, yo, come through to my studio. I'm like, alright, dude, I'm going to a rapper studio. This is gonna be cool. And I come through, and he's like, alright, bro, hop in the booth. And I'm like, I had always like kind of like freestyle with the boys as a kid. Joking, fuck yeah. Dude, a complete, like, just like, as a joke and he was like hop in and he auto-tuned the fuck out of my my thing and like it didn't sound bad I used it in the video like I I want to be honest with myself like I'm not saying I'm going to be a rapper yeah. but I'm going to dabble into everything that interests me because what if I would have never dabbled into dirt bikes so it's like so it's like right now like I'm kind of like I'm not chasing music but like when I can when I got a free day which isn't often I'll try to hop in the studio spit down some bars or whatever but it's all fun it's all just like seeing what I really want to do what intrigues me what I'm good at what I can get better at how and I'm talking fast. No, dude, hey, you're rapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're shit spitting bars out here. Yeah, pretty soon I'll be dissing Eminem. Dude, yeah, yeah, that'd be a good way to get views. But oh, I would yeah. maybe start a little bit lower than Eminem. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take down MGK. Right? Yeah, just <laughs> like, what do you sit on the MGK Eminem beat? Yeah, what my opinion? Yeah. So a lot of it's over with. I've had so many conversations with strangers about this, but anyway, from the first perspective, MGK tweeted out. That's like whatever. I didn't put too much thought into that. Then Eminem dissed him six years later, which is kind of weird, but he's Eminem. He does what he wants. Then MGK fired back with a diss that I thought was fire. And then Eminem came back with a diss. And first impressions, I was like, I need to listen to that again. So I think from first impression, MGK was easier to like consume and it went hard. But if you listen to Eminem, it's like if you were to put together and decide for everything, there's no way he didn't just barge easy up. Like I... I haven't put enough time into it to figure it out, but like it's kind of what I was saying with Adam LZ. If you know everything in all the relationships, like Eminem, you know, uh, probably made some really witty, like word play games type thing where it's like, oh, he dissed them that way, that way, and that way on top of it. Versus MGK just said what he said, and it was like, damn, bro, that was hard as fuck. Like me and you are on the exact same page, like verbatim. I thought it was kind of silly. Again, the six-year time period, silly. But he's watching the MGK video, I was like, this video is really well done. Like, the shovel, the, the beat, like, yeah. it's all the eating the cereal thing. It's like, fuck, this is what was hard to the cereal thing. Oh, just him, I think it's just making it look easy. Like, I'm going to bury you with the shovel and then just eating the cereal. Like, it's <laughs> nothing. And literally, it looked like he, like, they pulled the tour bus over and just shot it right there, too. Yeah, it was pretty, I don't know. It was very well done. And the same exact thing with the Eminem track. Now you're trying to, like, turn this into some rap beef contra- like conversation. Okay, but, dude, I literally, I was the exact one. I was like, I listened to it, and I was like, man, that's, that's Eminem. But I can't like I don't I don't I couldn't like comprehend it. And when I listen to it, it's like literally bar by bar. No, like, every time you, you listen have to like, pause it, it and you're like, fuck, play, <laughs> and then pause it like ten seconds. Like, like fuck, yeah. dude. It's, yeah. it's kind of this funny place where if, if you just played them side by side, I think the yeah. public would say MGK won. For sure. But it's weird because like Eminem can't be beaten. So like just the public, I think it's an assumption that Eminem won, and then he probably did when it's deciphering so it's in this weird state well also one thing I really and I I wasn't the one that someone pointed out to me I thought about it after like dude MGK had to do a a good video and a good song to get that type of views and hype Eminem uploaded cover art and audio and he had the most views ever 
on a pure audio file on YouTube in the first day ever. I don't doubt that. And okay. it, I mean, it's like multiplying daily. Last I checked, I think it's like 90 or 95 million. Yeah, uh, MGK is over 100 million and Eminem's like close there, which also is interesting that MGK's, I mean, MGK's been out for longer, yeah. but it has more views than Eminem's this. But he so. was at like 50 million when Eminem released his. So he was already like in the That's what I'm saying, but still million. think, let's say 95 million, 100 million, you're like, oh, well, 95, 100, not too close. Yeah. There's 5 million people in this world that didn't hear Eminem's diss that heard MGK's diss. That's true. That's a lot of fucking people. Yeah, and I thought about this too. I also wonder how many of the same fans just re-listened to it. Because yeah. you have like those crazy fans that probably like, Oh, I listened, I listened to both multiple times. Oh, for sure I did too. Yeah, and then I've right. been listening to Eminem's album, which I probably wouldn't have anyway. And I know MGK just dropped something, and I'm going to listen to that. They actually were playing the MGK disc at Shady's. That blew my mind. Wait, so at a, at the Shady concert or something? Oh no, at Shady's the, the Oh, oh Shady Jacks. So in Ride of the Century, oh, okay. Shady Jacks, like they actually played like his this and I'm like, dude, like I'm mm-hmm. at Ride of the Century and they're playing this song. This is not gonna be like an everyday thing. Like that's like that's I think that captures a time period the most is like at Shady Jacks, Ride of the Century, all these people are here who won't ever be here again together. Like, not every single person who was here is ever going to be here again. Yeah. Play, and then at the same time, like, right here, it's the Eminem MGK beef, and M- MGK's diss on Eminem is playing in the speakers. I just kind of, like, captured that moment, appreciated, like, everything that was happening. Like, this is crazy. And then That's I went and rode bikes, probably. You have a phenomenal outlook on life for being that young, man. It normally takes someone to go through some pretty gnarly shit, I think, to take that I've been through some pretty gnarly... Well, not... So you been, can't bounce back. I haven't like, been through some crazy... Like, I've been through some crazy shit, but it's like... Dude, I fucking grew up in the suburbs outside of Philadelphia. Like, I had a, I had a great upbringing. But hey, you're aware of everything. I think that's yeah. what makes, makes you stand out. So props, dude. I appreciate that. Like, cheers. ROC has been fucking crazy.